This is the Courier Talking Football. I'm Eric Nicholson, and with me this week, I'm going to say, ah, is Jim Spence. Jim, it's just the just the two of us. Eh? Tell you Sounds what. like an old Bill Withers number. Just eh? the two on, of wait, us. Wait, wait till you see the ratings for this one go through the roof. The, uh, Mr. Hamilton and Mr. Temple will be uh, gutted when they see the, the ratings for this, this double act. Right? Okay, well, listen, you're going to be busy, man, because we've got plenty to talk about, Jim, and we'll, uh, the kind of the... The off the the off the field stuff and the on the field stuff. We'll, we'll try and merge them in as seamlessly as we can, but because there's a busy, busy period of football coming up, and much to talk about with that. And straight away, you know, we're talking about the off the field and the on the field stuff. We'll, we'll start with uh, with United up at Ross County, and I, I liked uh, Tam Course. He deals he deals well with he did from. I mean, I don't deal with him day to day. I've only I've only uh, seen him after after matches, but he. He never ducks any issues. I would, I'll definitely give him that. You know, I think the guys and the guys that deal with him every week, I'll, I'll attest to that. But he was obviously, he was obviously asked about, you know, the whole the re, the, the t-shirt and all the rest of it. The last time Ross County played United, and he's, he's, he think that the quote was, he's, he's expecting a, a frosty reception from the supporters, and then then it gets down to the business of the game. I, I remember you saying at the time we we didn't delve right into it, but you know the you know used the phrase due process and it's you know it's that due process is as come and gone as it were you know do you think Ross County will be a club that harbours a bit of a, a grievance about that that uh, episode shall we say there's two things. One, I mean, you know, um, and slightly separate them out, although they, they almost conjoin. I mean, Ross County, um, you know, basically, you know, uh, uh, Roy McGregor is, is the man that, that runs the show. Uh, Ross County, you know, he's put his money where his mouth is. Um, so Roy guards, the, 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 you know, their reputation jealously. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Ross County fans, um, you know, up in Dingwall, remember, they are, the, they are literally the county side. They come from all over, from the, the Black Isle, from Sky, you know, from uh, from everywhere to uh, to see um, county. So they, 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 they will be peeved as well because, you know, you've got to remember that, <laughs> that twice Ross County were introduced. Reg- there was a situation, remember, with Michael Gardine as well. Um, where allegations were made and, and proven to be unfounded, and you had a situation here as well, which they will be um, very peeved about. So, I, mean, I, I think that I think that Tom Courts probably um, is right to expect a, a rough ride, and I suspect you'll you'll get a fair bit of stick um, up there uh, at Dingwall. Um, f- you know, f- going back to the situation where. He produced the, uh, yeah, the well, show, well, intentioned, well intentioned, well intentioned, well, but naive. Well, no, is yeah, that yeah, you can't read minds uh, is the problem, Eric. And, and, and this, you see, this, this crossed my mind last week when we had the situation. And again, I'll be careful because there's due process now and a criminal trial to come. But the situation at Tannadice with a fan who's now been subsequently banned. You know, I always put my old law lecturer hat on. As you know, for many years before I went full-time with the BBC, I married it as a kind of, you know, uh, well, I was a day-to-day law lecturer working for, and also working for the BBC. So I'm a big believer in due process. And I'm always very cautious about allegations being made um, uh, you know, until all the facts are are proven. Because we find in life generally, not just in football, people make allegations and, and they get it wrong. 
through simple mistakes. They get it wrong through uh, a combination of mistakes and, and, you know, passion. And they get it wrong through bad-mindedness sometimes. There are very often vexatious things said. So I'm very, very careful, um, you know, uh, uh, about uh, about this. Now, Ross County, as I say, twice have, have, have experienced this situation. The most recent of those uh, was the situation with Tam Courts when they were at Tardis. And they will feel undoubtedly, I would imagine, aggrieved uh, at that. So I expect that they will give them uh, some serious stick. Uh, I suspect also that will not bother them. So that's, uh, <laughs> yes, uh, yes is the answer. They'll get stuck and, and be particularly if uh, United return uh, with a win. I'll not be putting them up and down. No, 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 no. Let, let's, while we're on United, let's let's finish the off the field stuff. And I think it's it's one as the as the the local podcast, if you will. I don't. I wouldn't expect you sort of the national media or an NBA else that doesn't really know Dundee United to, to pick up on it. But you know, I think it's you know it's, it's something that we can't just just ignore because I mean I don't know the guy Tom Cairns Jim you you you'll know him I don't know well if if well's the description but you you'll certainly have you'll certainly have had plenty of dealings with him over the years if if I describe him as a sort of unofficial historian does tours or did tours at Tanneray's just a, a well kent face around the place I'm sort of not an employee, but mm-hmm. a volunteer that did did a lot for the club. Is that the best way to describe him, first yeah, of all? I think so. I mean, you know, I think the backdrop to it is, I mean, I was heading off to Sky for a few days' break at the time, but I saw the I saw Tom Cairns' tweet um, basically saying that, you know, after many, many years as a volunteer, he, he was um, he was leaving that, that that kind of voluntary post. I mean, he, he, he did kind of ground tours. Um, it was him and another lad that, that, that very often on a Wednesday afternoon would show people around the kind of, you know, the, the collection at Tardis, you know, the, the, the the historical things, all the rest of it. He, 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 I mean, he's been at Tanaday since the Jim McLean days, uh, Tom. You know, I mean, he's you know well known to kind of uh, many United fans. They'll not all know him. I mean, it's usually a case in these situations. There's a huge chunk of people who who don't know what goes on, and are actually not that interested in what goes on behind the scenes. They turn up to see the team on a Saturday, but Tom, um, Tom is a volunteer. And I mean, I spoke. I actually spoke to him the other day because I, I, I was heading back, stopping Fort William for a coffee, and I thought. You know, being a nosy guy, I'll, I'll, I'll phone and find out what's going on here. So obviously, good journalist, Jim. Good journalist. I, yeah, Tom, Tom feels aggrieved that that, that uh, certain things that have gone on, and and there's a kind of a collection of people now who have left Tarley. So pretty well known. Paul Reid, who was a commercial manager, um, <coughs> uh, Ricky Grower, who who was kind of you know in, in the comms team for a long time. Uh, Pat, Pat Kelly as well, who was a meet and greet in the boardroom, has has left in recent times. So th- th- there's a kind of th- there's a wee sense amongst kind of. I, I, I hesitate to say the cognoscenti, but people who kind of <clears throat> tend to pay attention to what's going on, um, you know, within uh, within kind of the, the corridors of power, if you want, at Tannadice, uh, and they're saying these things. I don't, you know, my, my imagination tells me that 95% of people, A, uh, don't know what's going on, B, are not interested, and that it's local politics, you know. But Tom has, has taken a stance that he thinks that certain things are going on at Tannadice that he's not happy with. He's taken a principal stance. I've known him a lot of years. He's a principal guy, he's taking his stance um, uh, that he's not happy with things and I mean, as I said to him the other day there are all sorts of allegations about things at Tardis at the minute, about you know, who runs the show and people, you know, and, and many of them are, are, are directed at, at, at Big Tony Asgar who we know listens to this uh, this podcast, so this one's for you Tony, you know um, we know that Tony listens, you know you know, so, but but look, the truth of the matter is, uh, you know, as I said to Tom the other day, I mean, when I did that you know, I'm going to have to say this, when I did that we spell a consultancy for Stephen Thompson 
I, I've always said this, a, a private football club, which Dundee United is, is just that. It's a private football club and people will make decisions that other people will not be happy with. That those, It's like politics. You know, you have to make decisions. Some people will be happy. Some people will be unhappy. Tom uh, has, you know, has, has looked around what's going on at Tannadice. He's not happy. Um, as a volunteer, he thinks, you know, that he's taking... A, a principal stance in his view and he's walked away he'll watch the game now from the George Fox stand um, the folk that are running the situation uh, 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 the folk who are running um, uh, Tannadice at the moment have to do what they think is right uh, you know the, the, it's a private club Mark Ogren owns the club Tony Asgar is basically his his man on, on the ground along with Derek Bond they're the guys that pretty much day to day run the football club and they have to do what they think is right now the problem here um, <clears throat> Eric is always separating fact from fiction you know, what, what, just what's going on, because there are allegations here, a bit of pettiness there, and al- another allegation there, a bit of this there, you know, and, and that's that's the nature of life. You know, if we had it in the BBC, yeah. you guys are at DC. Certainly the nature of football clubs. Yeah, it's the know. nature of a football club, you know. So um, my, my suspicion is that this, this is something that, as long as Dundee United are winning on the park and things are going tickety-boo, which frankly they are at the moment, uh, very, very few people will, 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 will care. You know, Big Tony seems to attract um, uh, you know, opprobrium uh, and dislike in equal measure. A lot of people just don't like him. Uh, that, that's a simple fact of life, you know, um, because he's making decisions that a lot of people, um, you know, who have been close to the action don't like. Uh that's a that's a that's a fact of life. Um, I, I, you know, Tom has Tom has looked around, has decided that he's for the off, uh, and 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 he's walked, and that's his principal stance. And I've known the guy a lot of years. He's got, um, you know, he's got his principles. Um, other people have their principles too. Uh, and and the, the football club at the moment is going. You know, it's all going very well for them on the park. So this uh, at the moment is probably a storm in a teacup if it even reaches that uh, level. However. It's the kind of thing that if things start to go badly on the park, then it starts to bit by bit by bit. Um, go look, people moaned about Stephen Thompson. Um, people moaned about Eddie Thompson. Um, is this of a different magnitude? People moan all the time in football. People are not happy. Quite often, the furniture gets rearranged. Um, uh, you know, at football clubs, depending on who runs the show, depending who comes in, depending what the long-term plans are. And uh, once that furniture is rearranged, lots of people are not happy. Uh, and obviously, a good number of people now have left Tannadice, who have been there for a long time. Um, good number of people left the BBC since I left about five and a half years ago. You know, that's that's the nature of life. Uh, there are, I'm not sure there are any rights or wrongs in this situation, Eric. It, 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 it's almost kind of small-town politics. And, it's kind of yeah. like, Jim, I mean, if just to finish it off, you know, when you're talking, you always talk about football managers and how they want to basically, they want to get in a position where this kind of, I think we spoke about it about Tam Courts, kind of, I think once the back backroom changes had all been made and all the rest of it, and the, he'd got a couple of, two or three new players and he's now got, you know, he's now got a new club captain, which we'll talk about as well. It's, you want to live or die by having your people around you. And I guess the same applies when you're you're running it at the top, boardroom-wise, executive, as, as Dundee United call it, that sort of thing. You know, you want to either, when these, you know, when the custodians of Dundee United move on, as, as, as they all do eventually, they'll want to say they've given it their best shot in the way they see fit, won't they? You know, absolutely. I mean, there's a combination of things here. I think what, 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 one of the things that I think there's a worry about and is that, you know, I mean, you could look at Dundee United at the moment and you could say, 
where is the Dundee in United? You know, um, other than the fact that Tannadice Park's located in Dundee, there are not that many Dun- Dundonians play for the club. But that, you know, that tends to be, you know, many, pe- many people from Motherwell play for, for Motherwell. Many people from, you know, Leith play, uh, play for Hibs, you know. Um, Dundee United is a business, first and foremost. You know, I, 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 I'm kind of, you know, at, at this stage of the game, I'm long past kind of being dewy-eyed about football. Football's a business. It has to run as a business. It has, has to at least kind of wash its face and, and if not make a profit at least has to make, you know, to, to kind of wash its face to to survive. Um, and people will run the club, uh, you know, I mean, you know, my, my view United is quite simple. At the moment, United are, are, will become a trading club. That's what they're trying to do, move towards a situation where they're a, a, a trading players club so they can kind of, uh, you know, make money to to stay afloat. My suspicion also is that, you know, that Mark Ogden might only be at the club for a couple of years and then off to, to pursue something different. Uh, if, if Tony Asgard does really well, the club is sporting director, well, let's be blunt, it'll not be any different from a football player at Dundee United. Something bigger will call, someone bigger will chop the door and he'll go off to become sporting director there or, or, or some similar type of role. So, you know, United primarily is a business um, and the people who are running the club um, will be running it as a business. That will put a lot of noses out of joint. And the, the, the people whose noses are out of joint are, enti- are perfectly entitled to say, I don't like this, I'm leaving. Uh, and the people who run the club are perfectly entitled to say, that's fine, you know, this is the way we want to run the club. If you want to run the club differently, uh, as I used to say to the fans groups, well, do what the Foundation of Hearts did, buy the club, you know, um, and, and, and they don't. So at the moment, you've got a private football club who are running things that some people are not happy about. And, they, they, you know, never the twain shall meet. There, there is no... There is no way you can meet in the middle with that. You know, if, if you're a kind of volunteer, as, as the likes of Tom is... Um, if you're a staff member, as some other people have been, and you don't like what goes on, um, sometimes the only answer is to get out the door, is to collect your your rucksack and, and walk through the doors, and and that that looks to be uh, you know what's happening at Tannadice at the moment. There's no simple solution to this. One set of people uh, don't like what's going on. One set of people have their views on how the club should be run, and there's no meeting of minds, and, and there won't be any meeting of minds. Well, United have got a new. Club captain Jim and I think I don't think there's there's any dissenting voices about this one. I think it. Uh, you've watched United a lot more than me, but I think if I was to come up with a sort of a batting order of who's been the most important players for Dundee United this season, it would be you'd you'd find it hard to split uh, Charlie Mulgrew and Ryan Edwards, both who would who who you think would make absolutely ideal club captains, but. You know Ryan Edwards. Everything I say about him, he's he's one of these. You know, he he's he's a leader of men. His performances have been exemplary, and yeah, it's just a, a pretty a much a no brainer. Would you would you agree, Jim? I think. Um... You know, primarily, I think the role of a captain uh, still. I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting you say there are different often, types, aren't there? You yeah, know? I, I often wonder in the modern game what is the role of a captain. I mean, at one time the role of a captain was obviously, you know, the kind of, you know, he, he was a captain in the park for one thing. You know, he would carry instructions from the boss on, but also he would kind of be the boss on the park. He would maybe be the negotiator and bonuses, and I, as we found out with the old Dundee situation. That's right, indeed. Um, but I think primarily it, it, it's it's for, it's for on the park, you know, you want a leader um, uh, on the park, and I don't think United could probably do any better than than, than Edwards. He's taken over from 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 Mark Reynolds, of course. He basically hasn't it kind of featured um, for United in the league game since. I, don't know about uh, you, I, I, I would expect team. there was chat about him going to uh, the, the rumor mill, and the speaker had him going to 
to Cove, didn't they, in, in, at the end of the summer? And a move back in that direction, something similar wouldn't surprise you in January, would you? So, yeah, but he's clearly, he's not playing. So <laughs> Well, that's that's right. I mean, you, you, I, mean I, I don't think there's any point in having a captain who's not actually isn't actually on the pitch you know you need someone who by and large is on the pitch and and it's it's fairly obvious you know uh, it, it, there's been a great partnership here with Mulgrew um, and Edwards Edwards I think is um he's a talker he's a shouter he's a boss and I think you know in terms of kind of the nature of the individual um, I, I think you probably want someone like that leading you know he's a guy I think leads by example he's wholehearted he's driven he's, he's got great application great desire chips in with goals as well which is quite <laughs> important you know so I think that, that that's important I noticed um, that um, as you would expect in a squad that appears to be very tight uh, tight knit he'd spoken to Reynolds and company about it you know and look I mean football players you know these are guys I mean, he's he's twenty eight, you know. Um, he's taken over from uh, from Mark Reynolds, who's who's a bit older than that, you know. I mean, they, these are mature individuals. These are no daft young laddies. They they know how football works. They know how. Just what we were talking a minute ago about, you know. How, the politics of the game, you know, you get to a stage in life where you know, you know, you know the game, you know how it works. There's nothing surprises you. So in this situation, I think United have had to. Tom Courts has had to make the the decision. We want someone on a part, someone who's a leader. There's no any point in doing it with you know with a man who who's not playing, who might well be moving on at the end of the season. That wouldn't. I'm the same as you. Wouldn't surprise me in in the least um, if he does. So you know, you've got a guy who chips in with goals. He's been uh, another present all season. He is. A an organiser, he's a driving force, you know, he, he's a winner. I think that's the key thing, he's a winner. And he wanted the captaincy. You know, I think I, I saw him somewhere quoting, uh, quoted saying he didn't hesitate to jump at the chance. It's, it's still a great honour to, you know, to be the captain of any club and to be, you know, captain of a club like like United, I think, is, you know, a high, very high profile in Scottish terms anyway. And I know it's been written about south of the border as well. So it's, it's, I think it's a good move for him and it's a good move for United. Yeah, it's a... It's a really tough game for them on uh, up in Dingwall, isn't it? I mean, the, the, we'll, we'll speak about it. The, the whole bottom of the table picture when we we'll get to uh, Dundee and St Johnston, Jim. But for the moment, you know, I don't think I don't think we're shocked that that County have had a bit of a revival. I was a wee bit shocked that I thought I thought Hibs would. And again, we'll speak about them more when we get to St Johnston as well. I did think I did think Hib, this would be the time for Hibs to suddenly put put a bit of momentum. Down, you know, with after their their fantastic cup win, but so it says a lot for for Ross County that they won that game. And you know, if you you know if you harbour a wee, I don't know, feeling of injustice or or whatever you want to call it with the, the Ross County with the the whole uh, that that the the t shirt scenario and all the rest of it. This is as this is as tough a game as you could you could you could wish for this weekend, isn't it? Well, I, I think um, th- this was always going to be an interesting um, situation at Ross County when, when Malcolm Mackay came in as a manager because, you know, uh, uh, let, let's put aside for one moment, and it's a difficult thing to put aside, we, we know the, you know, the, the, what it attracted given, you know, the, the, given the history of, um, you know, what he'd been involved in. The bottom line was he, he is a guy who has played at top level, managed at very top level as well. So it was always going to be interesting to see what he um, did with Ross County. Now, I think bit by bit, we're starting to see something emerging up there. I mean, I actually thought in the second half, the game that we talked about where, you know, where yeah, there was the incident with the show races and the red T-shirt at Tannadice and all the rest of it, I actually thought County were really, really good 
and, and should have got a draw that day. Yeah, yeah they, they, they were really, really good. They were quick. They were smart. Um, they, they played with a real kind of alacrity. And the two guys that they've got uh, playing wide, Hungbo and, and Charles Cook, um, I, I thought, you know, showed terrific pace, terrific athleticism, um, great ability. Were you at Dens the, the night the, the, when they had the famous win, the, the thrashing? Did no, no, that, that I I wasn't, but I I, I saw it on the I saw it on the telly, uh, and it was a I mean it was a real kind of that was a real going over for Dundee, and I think what what that kind of emphasised I think Eric is that they actually have a fair bit about them um, County now. Uh, that, that that actually makes it, I think, quite a difficult one for United because they now have their eyes on the prize. I mean, they're sitting there only a, a, a point behind Dundee, and. Um, you know, in the nature of this thing, you know, the, the, this league, which is a very, very tough one, um, a few points can quite quickly propel you up the table. But, you know, it, it's kind of looked as though Livy, Dundee and Ross County were a three that were looking isolated. But given, um, you know, given the way the fixtures uh, pan out over the next three, I never look much ahead. Of, uh, I never look much beyond the, the next three fixtures. But we've got three in the space of seven days, Saturday, Saturday, Tuesday or Wednesday uh, and then Saturday. So, the, the, you know, for the three, for, for our three clubs, for United, Dundee, St. Johnson, this could actually be quite a crucial um, period. I don't think anyone will be relegated. Nobody will, nobody will, uh, come, will, will necessarily kind of look a definite top six or anything out of that. But it's, it's quite a crucial period, I think, coming up psychologically as well and I think um, County to me look as though they have um, I don't know say turned a corner but they certainly have something about them and and to you know to beat Hibs in midweek and Hibs, Hibs seem to have disintegrated with two cent off they went Ibrox they lost 4-2 okay it's a doing but you still scored two goals against the side that don't give many away they hammered on the uh, Dens as you say in the 5-0 game you know um, and be- before that they'd kind of they'd gone down to 3 t- Two three twos to you know to, to, to Lovey uh, and St Martin, and um, you know I just kind of I just kind of sense that there's a wee bit of something going on there um, with County. They've, they've got players I think who are capable of maybe turning the season around for them. So it's a really difficult one. But yeah. that said, that said in terms of this one, um, although there will undoubtedly be an edge. Uh, to this, given what happened the last time at Tarnley, they still will undoubtedly be an edge to it. But um, I still think United have um, sufficient calibre about them. That's the um, thing, Jim. I to, mean, to I, I, this, is, this is what's for me. I think we spoke it with kind of you know Hibs and sorry Hibs, United and Hearts seem to be. I mean, unless you know, there's the a lot can change. But at the moment, United and Hearts are the two you would are, are you know with with Aberdeen and Hibs being you know struggling as they are, you know. There's no reason why those two aren't going to be the the ones that are going to fight out for for third and fourth. And as much as I th- I think, having watched, I, I I'm starting to come to the 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 conclusion that although I think Hearts is Hearts of Hearts's peaks will be higher, and I think Hearts have got a higher higher ceiling as 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 you know at their best, their best will be better than Dundee United's best. But I think their worst. I think they're going to be more of an up and down team, and United. You just, you know, they, they, the amount of they've lost count of the amount of games they've. I mean, a one by one goal, and b they just, you know, you trust them in these tight games, don't you? And you, you I, this is another one where I would kind of trust United to go up and 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 do a, you know, do a sort of just do a job on Ross County, whereas I wouldn't trust Hearts. 
Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think that um, you, you, look, you can only you can only look at a couple of things, and, and, and those couple of things are a league position, and for United at the moment, they're doing spectacularly well by comparison to what a lot of people might have predicted at the start of the season, um, and in terms of the results, um, I also think they're doing very well. I mean, that that was a kind of that was a really really good result for them against Aberdeen last week. A tough tough game. Um, it, shambolic in many respects with the refereeing and all the rest of it but to to come out of that one you know two two sides with 10 men apiece and to come out of that one with with all three points um i think was it was a terrific result particularly coming off the back of five two thumping at hearts and, and a defeat um at home to st johnson as well you know i i i think that was important because they're also the, you know they drawn with Livy, but before that they'd been in a great run of form beating motherwell and beating uh you know beating hibs and beating uh county and all the rest that you know going right back they did they drawn with celtic you know so I, I, I think Eric that you know for a, a club who are now into their fourteenth game of the season, so we're into you know we're into that second quarter now. For United to be sitting on twenty four points, a long way hearts, and and so far ahead, you know, I mean nine points ahead, albeit they've got two games in the hand, Hibs, you know, nine points ahead uh, of both Hibs and Aberdeen. Um, I, I, I think it's you know it speaks so highly of uh, what Tom Courts has done. It speaks so highly of what the players, what the squad have done uh, at Tannadice. The key thing now is keeping it going. If anything, the, the big challenge I think comes from Motherwell. Who I think you know some people may still be underrating uh, at their peril. Uh, I think, but you know Hearts United at the moment, the way things are going, look to have the the, the squads that are capable of fighting it out for third and fourth. Hearts have probably got more depth. Much depends on what happens in January. Will yes, they lose anyone? Gone, Will they yeah. bring anyone in? That's, that's always the nature of things, you know. But for the moment, um, you really cannot complain um, about the, you know, the way United are playing. I mean, you know, you come back to an age-old criticism, if you want, and that is that they don't score enough goals. You know, they've scored 14 in 14 games, um, but they've only conceded 13. You know, which is which is excellent. You know, defensively, it's terrific, uh, and and the heart. It was actually the Hearts game that, that put a big puncture in that. What, what would have looked even more spectacular defensively. You know, so I think um, this will be a tough one at, at, at Dingwall, and I think Ross County definitely um, are showing signs of being able to turn their season around. But you know, I think have the stuff, uh, and more importantly, I think they've got the mentality to go up there and and win the game. Well, Dundee, the spotlight's been off them for a couple of weeks through no no fault of their own. They just haven't been playing football. <laughs> it's you know, Dundee fans have, en- have enjoyed a couple of weekends, but uh, it, the heat gets turned right back on. I mean, I imagine you know every manager from from probably from St. Martin, maybe even Motherwell down, wouldn't have been wanting Hibs to beat. Uh, Ross County in midweek and done, but you can certainly put Dundee into that category. It just, it just makes the, it does it turns it turns the heat upon them, doesn't it, Jim? And all of a sudden, you know, we, you're talking about this this spell of fixtures we're coming up for. It's it does feel season defining, you know, that Dundee can either if I mean the, the home games they always feel the home games against. Teams that are mid-table and below, you know, do define your season. And Dundee have got one of those now, and they're playing a team that's, you know, you can you can say the, 
you, you can take benefits if your glass is half full and, and then Dundee have been able to, you know, get over some niggles potentially, you know, they've you know, they've not had their feet up, but you know, reset mentally and physically. Whereas Motherwell are you know, they've been they've been busier and they've got upward momentum on their side. How are you how are you feeling? How are your optimism levels for this one for Dundee? Well, um, Dundee have had kind of you know it's, it's been about the three R's the last uh, few weeks, isn't it? They've had a chance for rest, recuperation, and, and hopefully restoration. You know they've had a um, the chance to sit down and, and I think as I said, Mercurial. Glad you didn't throw in relegation there, Jim. Uh, well, no, that was I'm, I'm 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 leaving the relegation word. But I still have some faith in, in what's going on there. I mean. I think the bottom line is they, they you know, they, they, they've had a chance as clubs get during the kind of international break and all the rest, and the way the fixtures are formed for Dundee being inactive, they get the chance to sit down and think about the good, the bad, and the ugly. What we're doing well, what we're not doing that well, what we're doing that we really need to cut out. Um, now, from Dundee's perspective, they certainly need to cut out. You know, they, they need to defend better. They need to con- concede fewer goals. They conceded twenty-seven, uh, and they need to score more. That you know, and that's that's been the great enigma for me. That you know, with, with the kind of players at their disposal, they've only scored 11, 11 goals in thirteen games, and 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 that's the thing that has kind of surprised me. You know, they've had the chance to get Griffiths back up to kind of fitness, Cummings. You know, to uh, all, all these guys have had the chance to kind of get them kind of into shape. Playing the way they want, work on their system, work on 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 exactly what they need to do right on the pitch to get organised and all the rest of it. Um, and the key thing is they've got from Saturday to Saturday they've got three really tough games, but two of them are at home. You know they've got Motherwell at home, they've got Saints at home on the Wednesday, St Johnston, and then they're away to Rangers on on the Saturday. Now you know there's no any point in pretending those are all really difficult games. Motherwell are playing really, get, really well. Get, get your points in the first two would be the... Get, 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 if, you can get, you know, if, if you can get... I mean, I don't know what would be a, a good haul. Well, a good haul of that would be if you won the two. If you won against Motherwell... say four, four par, isn't it? Four par. Yeah, and a, a one and a draw would probably, be, would probably be absolutely acceptable given the way the season has gone so far, given they've only got two wins out of 13 games, you know? Um, <clears throat> I think that would... That would pretty much be acceptable for any Dundee fans. I mean, the, you know, the key thing at this stage, Eric, I mean, I know that, I mean, I had a chat with James, James McPake after the Derby game, you know, and I mean, I think as a journalist, uh, journalists and managers have different views of things. I mean, I, you know, I, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm of sufficient vintage to still think of Dundee as a big, a big club or certainly a big-ish club. And to me, they should be looking to be kind of top six. That should be the ambition, you know. Um, James is probably thinking, you know, survival. And I mean, if you're a manager, you know, it's about maintaining your, your job and keeping the club up. That, 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 I suppose, is what it is all about, you know, maintaining yourself in the league. Now, they've got, you know, they've got two home fixtures. Tough ones, but it's a tough league. You know, that, that, I mean, that's cliched stuff, but it's a tough league. Motherwell are a good side, so that'll be a real battle at home to them. Um, St. Johnston, uh, on the on the Wednesday night, well, it's a Tayside derby, no love lost between uh, the, the, the two clubs. Away to Rangers on the Saturday, it's it's difficult to see how you get anything, you know, um, out of Rangers. They're, they're leading the league at the moment. Um, good result coming off the back of a good result in, in European football and all the rest of it. New manager in Giovanni Van Bronckhorst. I mean, all all the cards would appear to be stacked against Dundee for that one. So I think they want to do as much damage as possible in the next two games at Dens Park against Motherwell and against St Johnston um, because. 
I suspect that what the season now holds for Dundee, and I mean, I know that James has been talking about maybe looking at the League of Ireland, I think, hasn't he, for, for some additional reinforcements in, uh, in the January window. But you kind of sense already that, that, that Dundee, along with Livingston, along with Ross County, probably are in the, are in the, 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 you know, the trio that are in the dogfight basement uh, battle. Um, but others get, get dragged into that quite easily at the moment. You know what I mean? No impossible to St. Johnson, Aberdeen or Hibs could get dragged into that, you know? No, absolutely. absolutely. I think this could be the season you might get one of the big ones dragged into it. But uh, anyway, I mean, Dundee, I, I don't think Motherwell's, you know, styles make fights. And I, I'm a wee bit worried that the styles don't sit nicely for this one for, for Dundee. Be- Motherwell are quite happy. I don't know if you've seen much of them, but they're quite happy to to let the opposition have the ball. And I'm not talking about just with, just with the old firm, you know. So they'll they'll be they'll be content to let Dundee come on at them, I think. I mean, I didn't cover the game, but I think that was the story at, at Far Park in the league game. Um, so, you know, if, if Dundee... Dundee can't. They have to. They have to have a. They have to have their brains about them as for this one as well, and and not think you know this. You know we just need to go at them with wave after wave. It's 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 you know it's a tough balancing act for this one. And Mother will know what they're doing. They really do. Oh, I, th- I think any team, <clears throat> any team that can. I mean, less so Aberdeen because the Dons are struggling this season. I think for you know for consistency, for form, the, the, the whole bit. But you know, to t- to take two wins in the bounce against Aberdeen Hearts, traditionally two of the top sides in Scottish football, um, and uh, you know, uh, and what they did to Hearts, you know, Connor Shields put in my head. Uh, was it 23 minutes, I think, you know, and um, and then, you know, Lamy kind of at 66 minutes into the um, uh, uh, into the second half. Um, th- those are kind of, you know, those are actually quite good times to score goals. You know, I just sense that there's a, there's a toughness I think there's a toughness about this Motherwell side. You know, I don't, I don't mean it in that traditional kind of. They're physically strong. They are quite physically strong, but I think they're they're a mentally tough side. I think you know Graham Alexander has has them kind of with a great sense of resolve and a great sense of desire and drive about them. I mean, Motherwell are not by any manner of means one of the best resource sides in the league. I mean, they're a fan-owned side. I mean, you know, money money will be you know quite tight down there. I mean, Alan Burrows, the chief executive, I know Alan well. I think he's done a fabulous job. They're, they're a great club. You know, they're, 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 um, they're sitting there in a position at the moment, only three points behind United and Hearts. Um, and that's why I'm saying it. I said earlier on uh, in the podcast, I think a lot of people still underestimating just how dangerous Motherwell are. So I, I don't think, um, you know, I mean, although I'm saying it would be great to see Dundee take, or great to see Dundee take six points from the home games against Motherwell and St. Johnson. I, I, I don't, I certainly wouldn't be sitting here saying Dundee are some kind of shoo-in against Motherwell. The point system alone would tell you. I mean, Dundee sitting on 10, Motherwell sitting more than double double ahead of them on points, and 21 points. That tells you all you need to know, that Motherwell are a, are a very, very capable and a very strong side, both physically and mentally, I think. So, you know, if I'm being honest with you, I find it hard to see that Dundee are going to get anything out of this one. Well, going back off the pitch this time, with, this time with Dundee, it's a it's a familiar one. But uh, my colleague George Cran had a story out earlier this week, you know, and a, a well sourced piece, as you would expect, you know, about the, uh, the sort of latest thoughts about there always seems to be some sort of update, official or otherwise, about what on earth Dundee are going to do with with this uh, potential stadium move, and or Den, Dens Park, and the latest seems to be. You know that John Bennett would be uh, 
would be minded to to sell if if Dundee can you know if Dundee come with a, the right deal and then that would set in chain the potential to 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 ground share for a while while they're uh, while they're building this this new stadium that's been uh, that's been planned for some time. I mean, do you are you asked ask, do you just kind of are you one of these that thinks, oh, let's just, let's, uh, you shut your mind to, until you actually see something happen? Because for a, there's been a lot of talk, hasn't there? But nothing's, nothing's, you know, I'm sure discussions and, and whatnot and all the rest of it with the council and all, all, the, all the other bodies that you have to get, you get, you have to get on message for something like that, something as huge as this to happen. You know, these things take, take, take place out with the, the public eye, obviously, but you want to see, a spade in the ground and all the rest of it, or in, in the case of Dens, you know, you know the, the deal being signed off before you start thinking things are actually moving here. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I, I mean, until such times, I, I don't mean until such times as you see an actual spade in the ground, but I think, you know, there's a lot of, um, you know, there's a lot of reason to be bluntly very sceptical um, about the situation with Dundee and the new stadium. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to remember exactly because I covered it, you know, while I was still working with the BBC, the, the new plans and all the rest of it for this. I mean, I've, I've seen so many plans for Dundee over the years, going away back as far as Ron Dixon's time when, you know, they were going to build an ice rink underneath the dairy and a, a giant stand there. And, you know, I've, I've seen plans come and go and all the rest of it. But, but you know, the, the, the truth of the matter is that at the moment, I think Dundee fans will be... Um, you know, somewhat scared. I don't mean cynical, although some might be, but I think some would be um, fairly sceptical uh, about what's going on. I mean, I accept that, you know, that, that we've, we've gone through and still are going through to some extent a situation with COVID, which will have, um, you know, knocked a great many things on the head or certainly brought a great many things to a juddering halt. Um, Even without but, it, know, Jim, we're operating in the harshest possible financial climate for things like this, you know? Well, Eric, there's a combination of things here. You know, we're talking about moving, you know, moving into a fifteen thousand capacity seater stadium uh, at Camper. But don't get me wrong; I, I, I think it's actually, I think, and I wrote this a good, a good while back. I think Dundee uh, would be it. doing the right thing with a new stadium. I think Dens is long past its sell-by date. I, I, I did talk to John Bennett once about, about the, this is you know a while back about um, could, you know could Dens be done up? And you could, you could actually you know um, refurbish Dens and do it up and all the rest because you've got two stands at either. End that are still fairly modern that the, the Mar Brothers built. Um, but I think generally speaking, you know, you'd have a heck of a lot of work to do to dense part to bring it into the modern age. It's um, it's kind of landlocked in the centre of the city and all the rest. As is standardised, although we keep getting told that you know private transport isn't isn't required in a modern age. Everything will be public transport and all the rest of it. So for me, there's much less reason nowadays to have kind of um, you know to have grounds on, on on the outskirts of cities and all the rest of it the way they did at one time. But the other thing is this: um, I kind of wonder if the model that Dundee were contemplating. Um, is and 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 was some time ago kind of passed its sell by date, you know, way out on the outskirts, attracting um, you know various revenue bearing um, things round about it. You know, I, I'm just not sure. I mean, there are there are whole areas of Dundee and other cities where shops are lying empty and all the rest of it. So I, I don't know. I mean, I like the idea. I would have liked the idea to have been much more central than down at Camperdown Park. But it's just, it's things like, you know, at the moment, wanting to buy Dens back from from John Bennett. Well, 
to the best of my knowledge, I mean, John Bennett has been open to selling the ground back any any time. So, you know, and I also don't think that Dens would attract a massive premium. I don't think, you know, I don't think Dens will be selling, for instance, for 10 million quid. So, you know, when you get to the kind of notion, when you get to the, the area that, you know, that, that you need the money coming in from Dens to help you along the way to building a new stadium, I'm not sure how much, you know how much Dens would actually um, would bring in terms of revenue, uh, and the whole thing about ground share would would alarm me. You know, if you go off to ground share, where at St Johnston, of, of the rural Tanaday, so you know you you will have cynics now saying it's Dundee on, on on the slippery slope. It could be the escape route for them. They're trying to get out, or or could it be a move towards sharing with United? Could it be? You know, could it be ground share? You know, all of these things will be getting tossed up, thrown about in the air, and all the rest of it. But bluntly, given how long all of this is taken at the moment, I would think that, that a great many Dundee fans will just be sitting saying, "Yeah, very good. We'll, we'll believe it when we see it." Yeah. Okay. Back to back to the football, St. Johnston. I mean, uh, did you watch the game, Jim? I mean, I, obviously, I, I covered it, and yeah. I thought I thought the game plan worked absolutely as well as as well. I thought again. Callum Davidson got his tactics spot on and the players turned up on the big occasion, which you can't take as a given, particularly against the old firm in front of fans. You know, we've seen how many times Hibs and, you know, even Aberdeen and, you know, other teams have kind of, you know, been a bit a bit flaky, shall we say, when it when it's been the semi finals and, and finals. None of that none of that was Saints. They were they were they were right in it. I think it probably was a goal that would have been chalked off had it been had we had VAR, but you can't say that Celtic didn't deserve it because they had more of the play. But I always look at the fact that they didn't they didn't Zander didn't have a lot of saves to make. That that tells you that the, the game plan has worked pretty well and you know I guess Callum would never say it, but nil nil in extra time and penalties would have been Absolutely, you know we'll take that type. We'll take that scenario all all day long. But it was, yeah, they they did well, but they needed is you know you're playing you're playing Celtic or Rangers in normal circumstances in front of a full Hamden. You need a nine out of ten performance, and you need to to not have those wee half mistakes that that led to the Celtic goal, Jim. Well. The, the, the game plan worked for seventy three minutes. Um, that was, you know, that's the bottom line. I mean, once once Forrest put them ahead, I think um, that was probably game over at that stage. I mean, I know that the 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 stats alone tell you, Eric. The kind of, I mean, I think Celtic had just almost eighty percent possession. You know, they, they passed in terms of pass, it was it wasn't far off four to one. Um, in terms of accuracy, <clears throat> it, it was, I think, about, in fact, here we are, we've got the stats up right now in front of me. 86% pass accuracy for Celtic, 53 for Saints. The, the, the bottom line is very simple, um, is that, as you say, you're at the National Stadium, you're up against kind of fairly hostile crowd. You know, Saints have got decent support with them, but Celtic are a, a massive club by comparison. They have better players. You know, I mean, Celtic Rangers, by and large, have better players than anybody else in Scottish football because they can attract the best, they can pay... They can pay the best and all the rest of it. So, to be honest with you, um, I think the game plan that Callum had was within 17 minutes of, of, of working because it was within 17 minutes of maybe taking them into 
you know, a, a period of extra time and then uh, penalties. Not well. Yeah, it would have got. Or getting it's yourself a corner late in the yeah, game. Yeah. You know, a set piece. You think, yeah, there we are. We can, we can, we can nick this now. You know. Yeah, well, that was always exactly. the best hope. Eric. I mean, you know, I think I said said that last uh, the other week on the podcast. The, the best hope was always going to be from a set piece or 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 getting at least enough possession to get up the two flanks, getting a ball in, uh, you know, a ball into the box. Um, but but mainly it was going to be from set pieces, from a free kick out and around the box or, or from a corner or whatever. I mean, when it comes to you know, touching, there are there are you know there are different levels of footballs as we found in midweek with Celtic in Europe. You know, you come up against sides that are fractionally smarter, fractionally quicker, move the ball better, touches superior, and and that's that's what tends to to happen when anybody meets either Celtic or Rangers, and you bracket the two of them the same. You know, I mean, they're the giants of Scottish football, like it or lump it. So, in many respects, you can argue that one nil is almost a moral victory. Um, and it was it was always going to be a, a very very a very big ask for Saints to make three finals in the space of uh, you know uh, well it would be a calendar year wouldn't it of course you yeah know? So, it would have been yeah um, you know that th- that would have been an absolutely remarkable uh, achievement so I think they can they can hold their heads high um, they they came I think not within an ace but they came close. I think you know to get them an extra time. I suspect that on this occasion, Celtic would have would have won anyhow, no matter what happened. I just you just kind of sense that you know the, the the fortunes were going to be against Saints. The key thing for Saints, I think, now is is, is concentrating on getting themselves up the league table a wee bit because they still um, they're still far too close to the bottom. For, oh, absolutely. For, for comfort, I mean, I've, you know? I've I've said it before, and I, I certainly haven't changed my mind now that you know the injuries are really. Digging in. This is a November, December is is a period for of grind for St Johnson. You know, they and they did they did that pretty well before the international break, um, with Hearts, United, and uh, St Martin. Okay, they would have wanted to beat St Martin, but you know that was five that was five points, which was which was acceptable. Certainly, too. Certainly, when you're thinking about playing the, the third and fourth team. Uh, one of one of them away from home, but we've got this run of fixtures now, and yeah, I think they need to. You know, with Chris Kane out for the Hibs game, with Middleton and uh, Stevie May and and David Watherspoon out. Beyond that, they've got to. It's just about if if Saints form is going to kick it, if they are going to kick into sort of some proper rhythm as far as the terms of the actual football is concerned. I suspect it would probably be in the new year. Now is a case of eking out results and just digging in and and just making sure you're you kind of you're you're just on the you. I don't expect them to suddenly you know get themselves in with striking distance or you know of of Hearts and and United maybe probably not even Motherwell but to, you know they can get themselves you know they could potentially get themselves top six in, in one with one win you know that's that's yeah. that is the other side of it so they they just need to they need to tough it out just now and. Hopefully, this the 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 loan signing, not the loan signing, the short term signing of uh, the wonderfully named Viv, Viv Solomon Otterbor. I hope I've got that correctly. He'll he'll make an impact. Ito Verta Ito looked. I know they were maybe were kind of putting a bit too much focus on him because we've not seen so much of him. But I I really liked what I what I saw. In fact, I I think he's he's shown more. So far, then you know the comparison that we talk about all the time. The guy Melamed, and when I first saw him, I was a bit more worried, thinking, mm, "Is this guy gonna 
going to be able to fit into to our league. I think Vertainen could be sure. You know, that be the potential if if he does. And we don't want to put too much pressure on him. But if these two do make the sort of impact that Callum will be hoping for, then it's a then it's we could be having a different conversation in in, in a few weeks' time. But as it stands, just you know. You know, it's it's this is a I can't call this one on Saturday, Jim, because Hibs. I mean, I, I mean, I've really I, I don't think you can. I had higher expectations of Hibs looking at their squad than I did of Aberdeen. You know, I think you probably you probably have a bit more sort of uh, optimism for Aberdeen than I do. I think Hibs are a they've got a better set of players. They they've got certainly more up front, and this Hibs should not be losing five games in a row in the league. I don't care what the circumstances are. And you know, big, 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 big pressure on them. There really is. I mean, I, I thought again. I don't want to. You know, you can go too far by judging social media and the like. But I thought, you know, that as magnificent as a performance as it was against Rangers, I thought it would have. You know, it doesn't seem to have changed a lot of people's opinions on on Jack Ross and and Hibbs. You know, the the, the there's, there's there's still a lot of Hibbs fans that aren't having him, Jim and. You know they're they're in they're under pressure. This you know if, if all of a sudden you know they lose they lose six games in a bounce would be unthinkable for that squad of players, wouldn't it, Jim? Well, I mean to be honest, with you Eric, kind of losing six games in a bounce would tell you whichever end of the table you're at, a disaster was unfolding. I mean that, that's kind of that, that's disastrous form for any for any team if, if, if that happens. So five on five on the bounce is and is, even is, is, getting is, is to a cup final doesn't change uh, that narrative, no. does it? No, because I mean, ultimately, and this is where we get to the nub, the nub of things. You know, bluntly, you know, survival, top six, whatever. The, the key thing is to be in the top league. You always want to be in the top league, you know. And, and I mean, you know, most clubs have had their their spell out of it, you know. And and it's not a nice place to be. Let's be blunt, you know. I'm not I'm suggesting that's happening to Hibs, but I mean, you know, the, the truth is, um, you know, looking at the squad of players they've got. They, they should be doing much much better. And you're right to, to a great extent. The um, you know, the, the one against Rangers and propelling themselves into the final doesn't seem to have taken a lot of pressure off from, from a, a great many um, Hibs fans. Although social media yeah, is reflective sometimes of a certain kind. It would have done of, if they'd won of, in of, midweek. Of I mean, that's a killer yeah. for you, isn't it? But that, 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 that's the worry, you know, to go up and, and, and two, it was two men sent off, wasn't it? You know, to, to, to go up to, 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 to Ross County, coming off the back of, um, you know, that and, and to go up there and lose that. I think now you're looking for a kickback from them. But um, that, that kickback is going to be difficult now, given given the general form other than it's been interspersed by that very good semi-final win against Rangers but from Saints point of view you know which is mainly what we're concerned with St Johnson need to find the equilibrium um you know they've got the home game against Hibs, obviously McDermott. Then they're away to Dundee on the on the Wednesday night, and they're at home to Ross County. You know, you know it's it's almost shaping up uh, to, to to make you think that the game against Hibs could be the easiest of those three because Dundee will be absolutely fired up uh, in the game. Bear in mind what happened the last time they met. Um, Ross County, I think, are just on the verge of maybe um, a wee resurgence. I think the, the the issue for Saints at the moment, and it's an issue for all teams when you start to get towards the kind of you know the, the December kind of period, and you start to think about you know squad injuries, suspensions, depth of squad. Is it's not just do you have the depth, you know, and very often you find you don't. Do you have the quality? Um, uh, 
in the depth. And, and, and I think some of these, see these, some of these questions will, will be answered very shortly. I think um, with with Saints because at the moment. The, the, the league table position, it's not, not, it's not disastrous by any manner of means. I mean, between them and St. Myrna in sixth spot, there's only there's, there's two points in it, and Saints have a game in hand over them. But the problem is that the kind of the bottom area that will almost take Motherwell, you know, in fifth position out of this, from sixth right through from Saints, Hibs, the Dons, uh, I mean Saints, the other Saints, St. Myrna, Hibs, Aberdeen, St. John's, Livy, Dundee, Ross County, a couple of games could could turn that topsy turvy. Taps Altieri, as he used to say, um, the way this league is at the moment. There's, there's a real there's a real danger of a dogfight this season. Um, you know, encapsulated more than just the bottom three at the moment. And the last thing you want to do is get sucked away into that. So Saints really, I think, need to to stop any kickback from Hibs on Saturday. They need to kick back themselves and they need to kind of kick on. Um, you know, so they need to at least stay on an equilibrium. You know. Um, and they need, I mean, you know, we, we talk about kind of, we're talking about United earlier on, you know, uh, um, at, at Dundee earlier on, no scoring enough goals. United do, don't either, although by comparison to um, to St. Johnson and the goal scoring uh, charts, United, United are almost profligate, you know what I mean? Uh, eight most goals, teams are. Eight goals in 13 games for St. Johnson. It's just, I mean, it's just almost unthinkable. I mean, they were never, they were, they were never high scorers, but that is quite incredible. You know, they're, they're way behind even the the, the, the next uh, two worst teams in the league, Dundee and Levy, who've, who've scored 11 each. I mean, eight goals for, defensively fine, you know, 12 goals conceded is terrific, you know, um, but eight goals for, that needs to be worked on. No, oh, indeed it does. That's the, uh, Yes, it's. Listen, we'll we'll see how it. We'll see the the team he picks. I think I I think this will be the weekend that the Vertonen gets his gets his mm-hmm. start, and then it's we'll, got to come sooner rather than later, hasn't it? Surely to, it has to. Otherwise, you're asking me to find out. How long has he been there now? I mean, he's been there. They signed him in. Well, you, you, the sign the actual signing the actual official signing came not long after. They lost the. Uh, they went out of Europe, so yeah, the sun was the sun was still shining. Let's put it that mm-hmm. way. So no, I think so even even if you need out. to, oh. even if you you need to see him before January, don't you? So that so that Callum has a proper grip on what he does in January. Because let's let's not for uh, let's not forget the the chairman. You know when he put out the statement after after the uh, the deadline day, I was going to say toings and froings. Most uh, it was mostly outgoings, wasn't it? That you know he would back. He would back uh, his manager, and you know that Gallum will need to be backed in, in January. So, but he needs to know. He needs to know who you know. He needs to have a proper picture of of who he wants to to keep and who he wants to, yeah, to move and, on. And so, Eric, you know, listen, you know my you know my view on on the January window as a well trodden path. I mean. I think the January window is such a hit or a miss window. You know, by and large, who are you bringing in? You're bringing in guys who they're not wanted elsewhere. Why they're not wanted elsewhere? Well, very often there's very good reasons. Maybe their, their previous manager just underrates them, doesn't rate them, or doesn't see that you know they don't fit in with their, their philosophy, their style, whatever. Uh, but very often you're, you're you're picking up guys who have been injured, um, just haven't been able to force their way into plan, are kind of ring rusty all the rest of it. So often you're bringing guys in that are taking three, four, five weeks to get up to speed. Um, and very often the damage is almost done uh, by that stage. So the January window is, is is never a great one, I think, to do business in. Yeah, I think it's one that you certainly not to do business in at the very end. I think if you've, you know, like likes of, uh, I think Saints have 
by all accounts, you know, the, the centre half in Ireland that they've targeted, that would be a sensible signing, you know, both in the short term and the long term. But yeah, no, I, I, I share your thoughts, but time time will tell on that front. Well, I'll let you finish off, Jim, on your, uh, your two uh, favourite subjects, Dick Campbell and John Hughes. I mean, one A... You're, it looks like you're going to be proven right with the the, the yogi bounce, yeah. And uh, and two, I'm not having. I mean, we we uh, we have Rab Douglas as our columnist, and you're never he's never going to say it. But I think I don't think they're going to get away, even if they're getting away with it now, as to as to downplaying it and said, oh, we just want to survive in that Ross County. Eh, County are both are in the promotion are they're in the playoff hunt and I think we need to we need to speak of them and speak about them in those terms oh uh, look I mean I understand Dick is so long in the tooth that he knows exactly how all of this should be played but the truth of the matter is they're, they are two points behind Kilmarnock who are just uh, beating uh, them away much, from home much better resource side big full-time side and all the rest of it you know see Eric for, for long and weary I've kind of thought this when when there are always a, a good part-time clubs, and our both are one of the great part-time clubs. Um, at good part-time clubs, I always think there are, at, at this level, at championship level, there are probably five or six players on that Arbroath side who could easily, easily play full-time at any of those other clubs. And and, and and probably three or four that could play in the Premiership. But between the money they'll be earning at Arbroath, between their day job, if you've got a good job, or if you're maybe at a, a more advanced stage in your career, Bobby Lynn, Bobby's a, um, a, a, you know, works with the cleansing department. He's uh, up and on, on that bin lorry, running a bit like a, you know, um, a blue-arsed flea, I think, is, is the saying. Well, I would say that in the podcast, you know, oh, well, supremely I'm fit individual. At, at the stage now where, you know, full-time football won't appeal. I mean, I would sell like a Ranger or off on a contract, that'd be different. But I mean, it just wouldn't make financial sense probably for Bobby at, at this stage. But there are players, and, and he's, he, he's not even been playing that much, you know, in, in terms of starting. But, there are four or five, maybe six players at Arbroath that could play at any level at full-time, certainly in this championship, you know. Um, so th- th- they've not gone full-time for a reason, but they are all very, very fit guys. They're training twice. They, 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 the, big, the, the big problem usually with part-timers, they don't get the, they don't get the time to do the, the organisational stuff, the setup stuff, the, you know, the shaping and all the rest of it, because you've got to keep fit, you've got to work on your ball skill and all the rest of it, you know, that, that full-timers get. The full-timers have got another couple of days. Plus, you're working eight, nine, ten-hour days, depending on what your trade or profession is, you know. Um, so rest and recuperation are more difficult as well. But the very fact that at this stage, our growth are sitting there right in with this bunch. There's five of them separated by by a couple of points, you know. Of course, you have to talk about them being realistic um, promotion contenders. I think that's absolutely sternness in the face. They've got the ability to do it. They've got the mental fortitude to do it. They've got the physical capabilities to do it. And they're good enough. They are good enough. They've brought a great result to go down and come running. They've got a bit of depth to that squad. Let's not kid ourselves. It's not it's not eleven players that are getting flogged every week. You know, they're you know, sometimes you'll there are guys like well, you mentioned that Bobby Lynn can't get in a team sometimes. Gavin Swanky doesn't I can't remember the last time he, he's he's far from a regular start. You know, so they, they have Dick's always had squads with depth, you know. He he, he does like a sign in this Dick, you know. Absolutely. So it's not as if, you know, and I guess, well, who are we going back to? I mean, I don't want to do, so speaking locally, but I don't want to do a dis, I mean, I don't care, actually, I don't care if I'm doing a dis, I'm sure there's a, an Airdrie or somebody like that that was part-time after St. Johnson, but I, I think we're going back to Alec Totten's promotion team as the the last of the really, really good part-time teams that certainly they, they earned promotion. Um, 
So there you go. Nobody was nobody was back when when that team won the league. Being part time certainly wasn't an issue, was it? I mean, most of the teams in the league were part time, no, I mean, so <laughs> it, it was it was slightly different. But I think I'm pretty sure. I think the Airdrie team they played against was. I think that was a full time team they were up against that season. You know, you remember like so that had Owen Coyle and all those players. I think they might have been full time. So, but it certainly didn't. You know, you know as well, Jeff Brown. He, he thought, he, in some ways, he thought a part time. You know, set of players was an advantage oh, over absolutely. a full time team, didn't he? Absolutely. He, 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 I mean, in many, I mean, Jeff actually often said to me that he he reckons Scottish football could actually only um, sustain, yeah, really only you... sustain about uh, I think it was eight or nine. Full. In fact, there was a, there was a period, you know, where, where we actually many many years back we were down. I think to uh, a good number of our sides who are now full time not being. Uh, who were part time, but I mean, you know, that, that that's changed. I mean, over twenty. I mean, if you look at the, you know, the championship now, um, you you will literally, I think, only have <coughs> Arbroath. I can't. I mean, the rest of them: Kelly, Race, Inverness, Thistle, Pars, Ayr, Hamilton, Morton, Arctic, Queen of the South, yeah, all, yeah, all yeah. full time. I think Queen of the South might have a few part timers and mixed match, but Arbroath are the only fully part-time side in that league and there's no doubt it does give the full-time sides an advantage but certainly not shown through at the moment I mean they've scored 26 goals they've conceded 13 so defensively excellent um, you know uh, uh, terrific in front of the goal I think there's only um, Thistle ahead of them in, in terms of the scoring stakes and they've got some really really good players I mean they're, they're, sol- they're solid at the back you know they're, they're kind of you just kind of sense to yourself that Having gone this far, having gone yeah. through this far through the season, it's gonna it's gonna take no, a lot that's, to derail. That's, that's astonishing. That's the first phone call I've had this morning. Oh, I thought I'd in silent. Not like um, it. No, it's gonna no, take it, a lot to derail them, isn't it? It's going to take it's going to take a lot to derail them. I think there's no doubt about that. I mean, to, you know, to go down to Kilmarnock um, on Saturday and win uh, their one 0 down there, I think was it was a terrific result. But there's a, there are a lot of great things going on at, at Broth. They've got a terrific hard-working committee. Mike Kerr, the, the chairman, has done a, a, a smashing job there. There are people who are they're absolutely devoted to the club, to the town. There's loads of great things happening in the community and all the rest of it. But ultimately, football's always about what happens with the first 11 on the park. And and you, you just cannot criticise it. Actually, the, the, the cup game against the fourth will be a belter, you know, but I mean, the, oh, yeah, the, the, the key thing, the key thing, I think this season, it'd be great if they got, it'd be terrific if they got um, a great cup or that would be fantastic and there's every possibility of all. But I just think you look at, you know, led by a big noobly up front, you know, physical presence, good on the ball. Look at Donnelly, who plays on the left. I like Donnelly. I've always liked him. McKenna, Hamilton. You go through the side, you know, at the back, um, O'Brien and little at the back, Gaston and the goal. What an underrated goalkeeper over the years. There's just, and, and, and I mean, it's quite astonishing to think that on the bench, you've got the likes of Swanky and Lynn. I think two guys, frankly, two guys in terms of just pure ability that, that are as good as most of the Premiership. You know, in terms of, I'm talking about just general ability on a ball, crossing a ball, beating a man. They're terrific players. I mean, you know, at, at the kind of veteran stage of their career now, you know. Um, but there, there, there's talent aplenty in, in the Arbroath ranks. So, yes, of course, it's right to talk about... Um, them as, as as promotion contenders. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Yeah, and just finishing off, Dub Femmer, I think they've just turned things around in the nick of time. There seems to be a lot more. It's amazing what, I mean, I it kind of, it, I mean, we'll not go back over it, but why they didn't do this, they should have just, they should have just realised they were, they were going down the wrong track and done this sooner. But the positivity seems to be straight back and 
it, it stems obviously like what we're talking about United from a couple of wins, but they're doing the right things again. They, they timed, you know, we, we gave the Dun, Dunfermline board a bit, of, a bit of criticism a couple of months ago or, or however long it was ago, a few weeks ago, but they're doing the right things now. They timed that Q&A with, with uh, the manager and with, you know, various other people with, the, you know, with the fans this week. Absolutely right time announcing, you know, talking about spades in the ground again, you know, but giving the fans more detail on the, the Rasai training base, the new CEO, getting an appointment being made, you know, all these things, they seem to have just pulled themselves back from a bit of a brink, haven't they? And obviously a couple of wins, but it, it, it feels like they've, they're have they getting a bit of positivity back in, in the nick of time, don't they? Yeah, uh, uh, but ultimately, you know, the new ground CEOs and all the rest of it, fantastic. You know, people love all that stuff, but they always love it when it comes off the back of the first team doing really well. You know, he says to people in the game, you get things right on the pitch and 95% of fans don't give a damn about what goes on elsewhere. You know, whether it's, you know, we talked earlier on about the, the kind of wee political situation you've got, at, you know, at Tanadice or, or whatever. Punters want to see the team doing well on the pitch, you know, uh, and two wins in a bounce for Dunfer. And we're enthusiastic like Yogi, but as I also said the other week, and uh, and my column the Courier last week, like I mean, Yogi, there is this kind of notion that he's some kind of dinosaur. He's anything but. Heavily, you know, Yogi was always heavily into sports science, sports psychology, and all the rest of it. it was in the lesson and, and beforehand, you know. And but he's also a motivator. He's got a great passion, a great desire, a great hunger, and a great kind of attitude and aptitude for the game. And I think that gets through to players. And what also would have got through to players is this is maybe the last chance saloon for me. Uh, and and when you you know, I think sometimes it's easy to forget. Dunfermline are a great club, they're a smashing yeah, club. A club. They'll they pay decent wages, good support, and all the rest of it. A great environment. It's, you would want to be there. And sometimes, you know, if you're a player at championship level, if you're leaving Dunfermline, where are you going after it? Very probably downwards, you know. So I think a lot of guys uh, are taking this, you know, taking this for a second bite of the cherry and, and, and you know, Yogi will, will bring absolutely the best out of them. The only thing he gets wrong is occasionally seeking out your counsel, but there we go. We can't. The man, the man, the man can't nice be perfect. <laughs> right, Jim. Well, we survived and we saved an hour and a bit. There we go. So Indeed. go and get yourself a go and get yourself a cup of tea. Thank you very much, Jim, and thank you very much for listening. We'll be back next week. Bye bye. If you like the podcast, we'd be grateful if you tell your pals about it, or even better, leave a review or a simple rating on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. All that really helps people to find Talking Football, and that means a lot to us. Don't forget too to pick up your copy of The Courier Monday to Saturday, or go to thecourier.co.uk slash subscribe to find out how to get our award-winning sport, business and local journalism across Tayside and Fife in the way that's right for you. The Courier. Local matters.